Hello and welcome to MiceCast with your hosts, well, Mike and Richard. Oh, excuse me, Mike and Shaft. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Greg, I guess I'll stuck with it. Greg is in absentia. Again, again. What what is going on uh, with this I don't man? Know, he's working all of a sudden, I guess. You know, yeah, taking all that time know. off on the new job. Now they now they expecting some results, like he says. Yeah, he's out in the real world. They expect <laughs> results. results exactly. Um, uh, yeah, so people yeah, are this... saying that his that his uh, the other show that he keeps talking about that what was it? Imagineering somebody else's way or something like oh that. Oh my gosh, uh, he's got he's got, he's and if you look at his signature on. On the boards, he's going to start up two new shows. Yeah, it's it's getting stale because he hasn't touched it in three or four days. <laughs> uh, well, you know, if he's going to focus on that, maybe we should vote him off the island. I don't know. Maybe. We'll get Jeff Pro- Probst over here or something <laughs> like that. Um, so, yeah, so if you're you know used to the usual uh, bickering banter, without Greg, there ain't much of that. Yeah, you, you, yeah you might he's... Be, he's, he's Bickering one. He's he's the one that just plays devil's advocate. Even if he doesn't believe in what he says, he'll yeah, still is, say it just for the sake of getting under your skin. Which is all the more annoying, yes. Yeah. So hopefully we'll just, you know, hit you up with some intelligent discussion today. Maybe not but, as entertaining, but maybe a little more intelligent. Yeah. You might I don't know. I'm not gonna I'm not gonna promise <laughs> they're gonna learn anything. <laughs> and and if you're lucky, kids, you might learn a thing or two too. Yeah. <laughs> So um, we're going to talk. See, now last week we had a perfect subject. We we're talking about the stupid earthquake. And, no, no. and what happened last week, Mike? And for a week I've been struggling with my idiot internet provider getting internet back in my house. A week. I feel I, your pain. You know, I, I seem to have had that same problem a month or two ago. Richard and I, we tried to throw down some recording. It didn't work. As soon as you and I hung up. Richard, last week I called. Yeah. I called the cable company. Here it is. A week later, I finally got my internet back. I forgot. Yeah, because we we were talking actually last night of doing this show too. But th- this is an interesting thing. We kind of touched on it just a little bit here and there. But you use cable. Correct. The the old-fashioned stuff. I've been and, a, a, nine years. And I I use DSL now. In fact, when I changed providers, I went to a new DSL, I doubled my speed on both upload and download, so I increased it quite a bit. Hopefully it works quite a bit better. And of course, Greg, being who he is, has to be right there on the cutting edge of the future, is using fiber optics. So for those of you that are listening, there, you got all three types of internet providers available. You can listen to our show, see if there's any difference between the three of them. if AT&T would give me their fiber internet without making me get their television, I'd have that. I have it. I have their DSL. I Correct. have AT&T if you, DSL. If you want AT&T U-verse, which is fiber, yeah. you have to get the TV. You have to get your internet bundled with TV. Oh, cool. They got fiber? I might just take that then. Because well, I would love to go fiber, but right now I've kind of gotten spoiled because... AT&T provides all the hotspots over at Starbucks, so whenever I'm at any Starbucks, I get free internet yes, at Starbucks. Yes, yes. You know, in the midst of I, this... I gotta okay. say, in the last two months, I have gotten extremely spoiled taking my laptop and having a cup of coffee. <laughs> in the midst of all this nonsense with, with you know, I'm gonna say it, Time Warner, <laughs> I have... I came this close to ordering DSL Those from AT&T. Passages. Yeah. And sure enough, you know, part of their, part of their pitch is you get... If you get internet service, you know, DSL, you'll get uh, free Wi-Fi hotspot access to Starbucks. I'm like, oh, okay, that's nice. But See, we, we, we can call Time Warner rat bastages on this show because, after all, Time Warner is the number one competitor to Disney. Oh, yeah? Uh, well. Yeah. Even more so than Universal. I'll have to take your word for it. Well, there, so anyway. there, was, a little, there was a little time when when Time Warner and Disney were trying to one-ups each other on who was going to be the largest entertainment company in the world, Time Warner won. They're the, they are the largest company in the world, and Disney's number two. But I like to think that we're still better. We wow. may be number two, but I think Time Warner is the number two in most people's books. So we're number two, we try harder. <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, <laughs> All right, anyway. Anywho, 
yeah. Uh, so. I just, you know, my, my internet troubles are over. I can, we can do our stuff. Uh, you think so until Time Warner executives hear this show. <laughs> oh, yeah, because there's so many of them out there listening to us. Yes. I think we're up to 700 subscribers. Woo. Um, all right, where was – okay, so That's Earthquake. Just, that was we, that up. was where we are going to start off last week was talking about the Earthquake. And I wanted to – since we knew last week Greg would not be around, I figured it would be a good time for me to ask a serious question and get an answer without an interruption or loaded with opinion, right? Without Greg's lack of seriousness and seriousness on an answer. Well, you know, if it's not, you know, he'll say it's just my opinion. But if you try to countermand it, it's like I don't know, arguing with God or something. No, just with Greg McNaughton. Yeah. All right. So anyway, I wanted to. I wanted maybe because I'm sure there's some people who would be interested. What is Disneyland's official reaction to an earthquake? We shake so, a lot. So yeah, now. Yeah. <laughs> we we write it through. We, we operational really, reaction. We our, our our official opinion on earthquakes are uh, we we feel free to let them go. We we don't want to try to stop them at all. So yeah, okay. I'm sorry. Yeah, it's there. Okay. No, we're we're like any other we're like any other place. Uh, earthquakes are just a fact of life in Southern California, and you know, like all places, we have our little. You know what to do list and emergency plans on how things go, and it kind of, I think it kind of caught people surprised because we haven't really had a good earthquake during operational hours for a long, long time. Um, you know the last couple earthquakes that we've had out here, they were talking on the news that the last decent-sized earthquake in the metropolitan area was the Northridge earthquake 14 years ago. And before that, the one I can think of was the uh, Whittier quake, which was over Whittier Narrows, which was over 20 years ago. And both of those happened in the wee in early the morning mornings. Hours. Well, Whittier Narrows, I was awake. I was actually getting dressed for work. Um, I was so too. I was, like fact, seven, I was I like was... 7 in the morning or 7.15 or something like that. Yeah. Um, and Northridge, shoot, that was like 4 in the morning? 4 in the morning. Yeah. And even... even um, I, I failed to mention, because I don't think of it being in the metropolitan area, but it still affected us a lot. The Landers quake that we that had, was, but that was that was also in the morning. Landers, I was I was getting ready for, I was getting ready to go yeah. to uh, Army Reserve that day. <laughs> still yeah, had to uh, still had to go do out, that out at that wonderful base out there near Landers, out in the middle of nowhere. No, I was no, nah, I was all the way up in the high desert. I was just out actually this way, but anyway, yeah, so. With actual rides running, an earthquake shake in Disneyland has been a long time. Yeah, with with guests in the park and everything, it's been quite a little while. And uh, people, you know, it, it just kind of caught a lot of people off guard. Because one of the things, of course, the first thing that happens is everything gets shut down so we can take a look at it and make sure, you know, it's nothing happened that we didn't expect. Well, of course, the first thing is we don't know how big it's going to be. So they start shutting things off during the middle of the quake just to make sure that, uh, you know, nothing happens during the quake. Okay. So, so. but there's like, I, I'm I'm going to assume like anything, not like anything, but like lots of places that when the earthquake happens, they, they flip open some sort of checklist of things to do. All right. So obviously it's stop riots and clear them. Or right. Or stop right. riots and clear them after the shaking stops. Right. Well, most of them will just cycle on through and, uh, in the case of uh, last week, pirates actually did shut down midway, and they had to bring people out from inside the attraction. And that was uh, partly the quake, partly for another reason. Uh, they they were kind of questioning something else for a little bit, and the quake just kind of complicated things. So um, rather than take the chance, they just went ahead and shut down and okay. just had people walk out of the attraction. But, of course, you know, the first thing is, is you have all these tens of thousands of people walking around that would normally be in a ride. And they're now outside. <laughs> Holy with cow. nothing to do. <laughs> the place must have seemed crowded. Oh, it, it got July, real crowded was, real fast. What day was that? It was July 29th. 29th of July, right? Yeah, it was like uh, Tuesday. Uh, well, look at yeah. my calendar here. Yeah, that 29th looks, of July. Yeah. Okay, so... Tuesday yeah. in the summer, I'm sure it was. Uh, dang, it must have looked crowded. 
yeah, it, it uh, to be honest, this, this summer hasn't been that bad, but uh, it looked really, yeah, <laughs> suddenly you got wall-to-wall people standing every which direction. And no place to go, huh? And it, it's funny because even some of the restaurants, momentarily, the the restaurant restaurants, like we're talking like uh, Blue Bayou, Bayou uh, the uh, Carnation Main Cap Street, Cap, uh, actually no, not so much Main Street because it's outdoors, it's away from a lot of things. But some of the restaurants even stopped service for a few minutes while they were checking their restaurants out. Fast food, what's there to stop at the Tomorrowland Terrace and well, oh, Village yeah. House is it? But uh, did they clear then, these buildings too? Pardon? Did they clear these buildings too? Yes, yeah, some of them they did. Uh, I talked to a couple guys that worked over at uh, Golden Horseshoe Saloon. They cleared everybody out of the building for a few minutes. It took them all of about maybe five minutes just to. They wanted to check the lighting. You know, uh-huh. you, you got all the show lighting that's suspended from the ceiling in there. So they wanted to make sure all the lighting was secured. Nothing had gotten loose. They checked the stage out. And, you know, it took them all of about five minutes. It was, Thanks, folks. Go right back inside where it's nice and air-conditioned. And they start serving food right off the get-go. Um, I heard, uh, what is it, Tortilla Joe's over in the downtown has one of those little earthquake sensors that turns off your gas should an earthquake happen. Well, it turned off all their gas, and they couldn't get the uh, pilots relit for their stoves. So they were wow. sitting there for a couple hours with no ovens. But everything else, you know, the restaurants worked fine, and... You know, everybody goes, well, are you going to close it? I had one guy come up to me. Um, <clears throat> excuse me. I had one guy come up to me. He's go, he's just on his cell phone. My brother in Alberta called me. And he said he hears that they're evacuating Disneyland and that you're closed. I'm standing there sitting in the middle of Frontierland looking. I'm going, you're here. We're not evacuating. We're still open. We're here. Well, he tells me you're evacuating and you're closed. And I go, Mister, you're standing here with me. We're not. We're still open. Well, what are you going to do? We're going to reopen the attractions and continue on as normal. This is nothing, you know, this is nothing big. We deal with these things all the time. Well, apparently apparently not all the time, right? If it's been, you know, a long time since. Well, a long time since we've we've had to deal with it during the daytime with guests. But, you know, California, we deal with earthquakes and... We, you know, they, they practice for them, they prepare for them, and then they're ready for them. And, and quite honestly, the place is built for it. Um, you know, one of the great stories about Disney, Disney's father was a contractor, Elias Disney. Correct. And Walt learned, well, all the brothers, Walt, Roy, and the other brothers, all worked for him at one point or another. And Walt learned building standards and the, the idea of how buildings should be built from his father. And when he moved out to California, he quickly understood earthquakes. He saw what could, you know what can and can't happen. Uh, he was here during the 33 Long Beach quake and he underst- you know learned what the earthquake you know why buildings did what they did. So when he built the studios, the Burbank Studios in 1940, uh, the animation building, if you ever take a look at the old animation building, you remember being there at the studio. Correct. Is actually ten, it has these eight wings, four on each side of it. It's actually ten separate buildings the way it was built. You have two buildings in the middle, end to end, and then each of the wings that go out on the east and west side of it are separate buildings, and they're all connected together with brass hinges, brass fittings that hold the buildings together. So that when an earthquake hits, the whole building wiggles and rolls like one of your little toy snakes rather than break apart and the um you know very the building, ahead of his time the building with the archives in the same way it floats the roy o disney right yeah, that's it, it's since been moved the archives has since been moved over to the frank wills building but yeah the roy o building which is over there on the west side of the property yeah you remember you could walk in there giant rollers yeah, if you if you stomp hard enough on that in that entry floor, you can kind of feel the floor shake. Right. Yeah, and they say they get big enough uh, trucks going down Alameda, and you'll actually see because the archives used to be in the base, or well, there was yeah. a little office on the first floor, but the main part of the earth uh, the archives was in the basement. They said you can see the uh, building move downstairs. Same as the, for that matter, the hotel towers at the Disneyland Hotel, and. Uh, well, in the Paradise Pier and the Grand Cal, but the Disneyland Hotel has an underground to it, a basement. And 
when we had the uh, landers and the Big Bear quakes, I was talking to a number of the people that were downstairs in the basement because there's a break area there. The basement is shaking, and you're actually seeing the walls shake differently than the <laughs> floor is because the building is riding these giant shock yeah. absorbers, and your floor is your basement floor is solid ground beneath you. There's no shock absorber because the building walls, the support structure of the building, rides on these shock absorbers, and they said it was the absolute weirdest looking thing and then when the shaking stopped they're motionless and they can still see the walls settling back in yeah uh, uh, i also remember walking through the tunnels uh underneath the towers and you could see the piping and some of the infrastructure for want a better term sitting on rollers yeah they're, they're it's all free suspended so uh. that you know when when the shaking goes on they have a chance that they can sway and move it freely without cracking, without breaking. And that, that goes the same within uh, all the resort. You go take a look in. Well, you have you had a chance to go through a lot of the backstage areas back in Disneyland. You can see that a number of those infrastructure pipes, they are sitting on separate, um, not foundations. Now, here's, here's the part where we can use Greg, because Greg can use all the technical architecture jargon, but they're all sitting on uh, separate pieces that keep them free moving, so as, you know, as the ground shakes, whatever, it's not going to start bursting pipes and breaking them. Not like we saw in Los Angeles this last week. <laughs> so, but, you know, in Walt, when he went to build Disneyland, Disneyland was is built with two things in mind. One, it was built as a movie set, so there's a lot of things that were thrown up there quickly. They're just facade work. But by the same token, uh, the actual buildings and the infrastructure that hold those facades in place were meant to last. Uh, they they were built uh, to the upteenth standards. Uh, the old administration building, which you can barely see anymore. You can't see hardly because it's, they've built around they've it. They've touch around it, yeah. Yeah, but it, it's the part that faces Harbor Boulevard. Uh, when you visit Disneyland, it's to the east side of the main entrance of Disneyland. Big green building back that way. Not the ugly green building, but the other green building. Um, there, we joke all the time because whenever somebody has to go do a work or a project in the building, they're always bumping into an I-beam somewhere that nobody knew was there because there's so much structure that was put into it that... It's not even necessarily listed because Walt said, well, we need this extra beam here for the structural support. Or one of, I should say more accurately, one of the people working for Walt would make that comment and Walt would say, yep, just do it. And, I mean, that was how things got built back then in the 50s. Yeah, just do it. Main Street, worst place in the world to ever try to dig in because nobody knows where any of the pipes run in Disneyland. There's still, they still have companies that come in trying to map out the pipes and the conduits through Main Street because Walt would have this habit where he'd be watching the free flow of traffic and people would be asking where a drinking fountain is. Well, a drinking fountain's way over there. Walt says, well, people keep asking in this spot. We need a we drinking fountain here, in this yeah. spot. The next morning, there's a drinking fountain there. Somebody found out where a water tap was and where they can put the sewer pipe to, and they just cut the hole that night and put the fountain in. Next morning, it was there. No no paperwork, no environmental studies, no, you know, five weeks to figure out, you know, where, where the button should be. The drinking fountain, they just grabbed one, plugged Sunk it in. It there. Uh, well, there was problems with the Nemo, right? When they are trying to redo the subs, they came there across were, some was, problems. There, there of, was a couple of, couple problems that were yeah, were of similar nature. One was that there was a, if you take a look at the, there's a pipe that it goes overhead. It looks like just a show pipe. And yeah, it, it's very showy. It goes overhead. It's actually replacing a pipe that was a circulation pipe that goes underground. But something got damaged, but nobody knows exactly what the pathway of that pipe is. So they don't know where to cut to put, you know, to fix the pipe. So rather than try to keep cutting everywhere and keep being wrong, they just said, forget it. We'll just put this pipe in and make it a showpiece. <laughs> make it a showpiece. Yeah. But again, <sighs> take a look at the pipe. It's suspended properly so it can sway and not break under the pressure. <laughs> But you know, all right. So can go ahead. I was gonna say, you know, earthquakes. We, we say they're part of you know 
part of what we deal with here in California. Uh, a few years ago, Walt Disney World, uh, they get hurricanes out there, and they really got battered a few years ago when they had not one, not two, but within a month, literally 30 days, they had three separate hurricanes just go right in, right through the central Florida, right through Orlando and uh, World. And they got hit real hard with the hurricanes, yet the... Uh, and while there was a lot of damage, and a heck of a lot of damage, a lot of the cast members that lived out that way had to deal with a lot of things, uh, both with the infrastructure of the, of the towns of Orlando and Kissimmee, but also personally, too. A, lot of pe a couple of people just flat out lost their houses in it. But as for the resort itself, Walt Disney World, the only thing I heard that happened out there, besides some trees getting blown down structurally, was we lost one sign, and that was it. They also lost a, uh, one of the arms to the windmill on Tom Sawyer's Island. I was going. I thought down. you were going to say we lost the arm over at Epcot, but that was no loss. No, <laughs> no. <laughs> the big no, wand. no, the wand. Um, no, yeah, <laughs> uh, uh, yeah, yeah. A piece of the one of the windmill veins. Yeah. Came so down, but... you know, but you know that was the way it was all designed. It was designed to make it. Disneyland is the exact same way. Desi Disneyland is designed to be able to handle uh, an earthquake, and it's just a matter of, you know, people go, "Well, what's happening? What's going on?" Well, we check things out, and it, we just restart the rides. Some some of the rides are real simple to restart. It's just, you know, cycle them down, turn off, you know, like your computer, reboot the computer, just turn it off, turn it back on again. Other rides. It takes a little bit more. Is there's a little bit more complexity that goes on to them. Uh, one that comes to mind is Space Mountain. Uh, each of the rockets have to be spaced out properly. Well, well, let me go to Pirates of the Caribbean. They had to actually walk the guests out. You can't just restart the ride. You actually have to get the boats situated so that sure. they start timing out properly. Running smooth and all that. Yeah. Yeah. So, you got to be able to bring the boats up and send the boats down. So. Now, can you comment? On exactly what you got to do? On oh, what I got to do. I got to walk around and tell people, hey, it's an earthquake. Did you have fun with it? You know, it's an extra ride. It's, this is beyond an e-ticket. It was an unscheduled ride. You know, it was fun. Now, my, my big thing that entire day was just talk to people and, um, you know, let them know what's happening. And number one rule, tell the truth. Um, let them know what's happening and that everything is fine. Uh in fact, I'll, I. You, so you didn't get dispatched to a particular attraction or location or anything to help deal with. Well, I was initially going to go help with uh, pirates, but they they didn't need any help over there. There was plenty of people over there, and you know, rides are closed at the moment, so it's not like you have people running the rides. They can go over there and help. So I wasn't okay. really wasn't needed there, and. For the most part, the biggest thing that we can do is just be, you know, for, without saying what I do, for those that don't know, you don't need to know. For those yeah. that do, shh, yeah. don't tell yeah. anyone. Um, but the biggest thing for me to do is just be seen, talk to people, let the, you know, a lot of people are not used to the idea. I, re I read an article years ago talking about the psychology of an earthquake. And one of the things that we as people there are certainties absolutes in our lives and one of the things that's an absolute is the firmness of the ground that <laughs> ground you can stomp on up and down you can throw your car down on it that the ground is firm that's an absolute and you base your entire world on that and when you hit an earthquake suddenly the ground is not so firm and it really throws people for a loop because it suddenly makes them question everything they know or think they know about their lives and suddenly you you have people that really do go through that they just they're they're almost in a state of shock just kind of looking at you going but 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 so your whole thing is just you know this is it you you've you've survived it it's it's no big deal you're you're here just go on move have fun and then answer questions when the ride when are the rides opening well we're starting to open them and you know, it'll take a few minutes to get things recycled, and we'll be up and running. And sure enough, within an hour, uh, everything was open except for pirates, and I can't. It was like Maybe two or Indy. three attractions. Indies had been having some troubles lately, apparently. 
we don't talk about Indy right now. <laughs> and yeah, that had nothing to do with the earthquake. It was down okay, I, all all day that day anyway. Yes, I know it had nothing to do with the earthquake. Yeah. Um, there, there, there's a whole new. That's a subject for another show if I dare even mention it. Okay. Uh, <laughs> now, I'm sure there was complaints. Oh yeah, there was a whole line of people that wanted to leave. And, and get the all, money back. Yeah, and you know they, of course, well we, there was a line of people that were out there, and they were giving, uh, complimentary tickets. If you came in, here's a complimentary ticket. You can come back on another day. Uh, a lot of people wanted to leave because they just didn't feel safe anymore. Sure. The irony of it is they're leaving Disneyland to go back to their hotel, so, which, which is a high rise. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm, I'm not to say anything bad about the hotels. Excuse me, just a. <clears throat> choking on a fly right now okay um not to say anything bad about the hotels because uh again greg the architect he can tell you how wonderful they're built but it's just kind of ironic that people are going <laughs> they want to go from disneyland which is built the way it's built back to, to whichever rise, hotel yeah. they're going to yeah going back to their hotel <laughs> which might be built up to standards but are they built up to Disney standards. <laughs> oh, who knows? All right, so that, that was actually kind of funny. Sorry, didn't I should have courtesy chuckled for you? Yeah, you should. But you, I'm, where's but that I'm, courtesy? Uh, but I'm trying to think ahead to the next question I want to ask. Uh, all right, so wait a second. So people complained, got a ticket to come back. Right. They 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 go in. They 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 don't want to stay at Disneyland, so they leave Disneyland and. Um, uh, oh, the stop at City Hall for they stop at City Hall, and there I heard there was quite a bit of a line to City Hall uh, for people that wanted to get a ticket and come back another day, which for... which is fine. Some people just need that little extra comfort. And... So if I was there, I could have got a ticket to come back another day, but turn around and right. go back into Disneyland and and been up on. Well, you would have had for, you would have had to use the ticket you just got. Oh, because... these people left, walked out of Disneyland? I thought they were Pardon? getting... All right. I'm in Disneyland. Right. I'm 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 a weak sister. You, I'm honestly, weak... I don't I... know how they were handling it, so honestly, I couldn't even I... begin to tell you on how So you see where I'm going out. with this, right? I'm weak sister. I'm weak in the head. I'm going with it. Yeah, I know where you're And they walk out and go back into Disneyland and save their ticket for another day. Yeah, I, I wasn't there doing... I wasn't there taking care of that, and to be quite honest, it wouldn't bother me either or it it's not that big a deal but you know the thing is is just remember it was uh so you you know, didn't have, nice you didn't have to calm down anybody that was in hysterics or anything like that i heard a couple people were did go into hysterics i did not come across any of those the biggest thing i had and for all of you that live in earthquake country and you know who you are, who live or ever happen to go in, you know, visit Disneyland or go into a place where there's an earthquake. The biggest thing I had was I was going around to everybody, uh, go ahead and hang up your cell phone. Don't try. It. People were complaining oh. that their cell phones weren't working. Yes. And I'm and I'm telling them just stay off the cell phone for an hour. Well, I just got a hold of my brother. Great. Tell him you're fine. Hang up the cell phone. Don't call him back in an hour. Um, you know, people feel compelled that they have to make a call when they have an earthquake. I got, I got to admit, right after the earthquake, I pulled out my phone and I'm about ready to call my wife. And it's like, wait a second, I'm part of the problem right now. There, <laughs> there's no no reason for me. And I quickly hung up my phone. I didn't even complete the dialing. I just hung up the phone and went about my business. I, didn't, I ended up not talking to her until I left work and was on my way home. But people feel compelled that they have to make a phone call to somebody in an earthquake. And... Unless it's an emergency, there's absolutely no reason to make a call. We'll just wait an hour because the system jams up. And not only will you not, and that's why people couldn't get their phones working, is because the, it wasn't that there was anything wrong with the phone system. No, the phone system overloaded. Worked, yeah, it was working perfectly fine. It's just everybody's going on at the same time, so it's overloaded. And what happens is your emergency calls can't get through, too. So, uh, so the name of the game is just. Unless you actually have an actual emergency, stay off the phone. Call everybody in an hour and tell them what you experienced. Or send texts. Text or send messages. Text. We're getting yeah, through. That was, that was sent 
that was pointed out to me that texts were working because text is packet information that goes across. It's not using the actual voice channel, and you can book, piggyback te- uh, packet on top of itself. Uh, so. I, I was able to text my wife, but I was not able to make a phone call. Yeah, text messaging works, but I would just say just stay off the phones. But I was talking to a uh, guy I work with in custodial today, and we were talking about how things went last week. And he said they had so many cell phones that went to lost and found because people got fed up with their cell phones and just tossed them and just left them. Oh, that's and dumb. And rid of them because their phones won't work, so they don't want the service anymore. That's dumb. So they said that whole day. Speaking of which, listen to that. Who's that? I don't know. It says view now. Oh, reminder. Oh. Uh, What's the reminder? Yes. It's a reminder to call you so that we can do the show tonight. I said it okay. an hour late. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Whoops. We'll check that one off. <laughs> yeah, it's checked off now. Okay. But. Yeah, so he said there was all these, he said they got hundreds of cell phones last week because people were just dumping their phones, fed up with their phones. Any iPhones in that pile? Oh, good question. Although it doesn't work with the, I'm, doesn't work with the service I'm working with right now, so. Yeah, but it works with mine. You, you're, <laughs> on, you're on that AT&T service? Yeah. Yeah, I didn't know that. Yeah. I, I use one of the competitor services. How many choices do you have? Verizon? Verizon. Yeah. <laughs> Although I hear sprint, the service sprint. that I've I've been planning to get, AT and T is getting ready to go to, so I might switch over later What's on. We'll that? see. We'll what? see. Okay. Hmm? Never Another mind. service. Never mind. All right. So okay. So but the, you know that's the big thing, and in, in you know I've gone through quite a few quakes with this place. I, uh, like I said, I deal, dealt with the Whittier. I dealt. That was great. Whittier and Aeroesquake, uh, Michael Eisner had been with the company for just a couple of years. I get, I was getting ready for work. I show up for work that morning. They were already jokes about, because Michael had gotten his first big bonuses. The joke was with the Whittier and Aeroesquake, did you hear what happened this morning? What? Michael dropped his wallet. So, uh-huh. <laughs> so yes, even way back then, there was the jokes about Michael Eisner being way overpaid, which, well, that's uh, another show, so. All right, so, um, all right, do you want to, any other, any other words uh, of wisdom on this? Not, not words of wisdom. I'm, you know, I'm, for some reason, I'm struggling with my well, colloquialisms this evening. Colloquialism, and is there any little anecdotes about the earthquakes? There's a lot of little stories. Additional, well, I could tell my own earthquake stories, but, you yeah. know, we wanted, uh, in context of being at Disneyland and, I, I'm I'm compelled to actually bring up a list of earthquakes and see what times. You know, all my memory earthquakes have always happened in the morning. They always seem early, to, don't early they? Early in the morning. Well, we, we did the, have one. The only exception happened. of the evening one was the one in '89 up in the Bay Area during the World Series. And that was an afternoon after quake. That, just after that, uh, you could take a look at it. But. Yeah, uh, there, was, been... there was about a year later we had an earthquake about four, or I guess right around that same time, or just before before then we had an earthquake that was like a nice little high four, low five uh, in the area about four in the afternoon because I remember I was home, but my wife was working at the time and in her office where she was, there she worked at one of the uh, she worked at the Jolly Roger. Uh, hotel across the street from Disneyland and in her office they had this huge about 10 or 12 foot wide picture window and her first thought was when it started she looked right at that window and got from got up from her desk and walked away so yeah instead of watching it shatter yeah which it didn't but it was just one of, and I remember that quick I was home at the time I just remember looking at the front door, and you can see the light coming underneath the front door as the door shifted from left to right, you know, diagonally. It would open up the crack, open up the weather stripping on one corner. You could see the light there, and then it would shut down, open up the weather stripping on the other corner. You could see the light, sunlight coming through the front door there. It was the weirdest looking thing. Um, 
No, one one of the great stories I remember also from uh, the Landers quake. Uh, now, for those that aren't familiar with the area and what that was, Landers was a good-sized quake. Landers is a small town. In the high oh, desert. Oh, it's out in the middle of the high desert. Uh, picture, uh, look. if you look at a map, you'll see Joshua Tree National Park, and then above that is Barstow. Uh, Landers sits almost right between the two of them. And it was a uh, seven. What was that? Seven point one, seven point oh, something like that. Landers. But it was a, yeah, it was a, it was a good size shaker. Mm. And it was it was in the morning. I remember waking up with the quake, and I remember the horrendous sounds. We had some power lines outside my house. That was just the lines were crossing each other, and sparking all over the place. I ended up going to. Make, after making sure everything was fine at home, I went up. My wife still gets mad at me because I left her after the earthquake. But uh, Landers, yeah, it was seven point three. Yeah, after uh, after I checked everything at home, I went in early to work, and I was working in the office on that one. And the Disneyland Hotel had uh, what turned out to be just superficial damage it was just uh cosmetic damage some of the uh stucco work on the outside of one of the towers had cracked but it looked nasty because just the way the building is designed uh it the building flexes and it caused this cracking of the stucco work on the outside and they went ahead and evacuated the towers at the disneyland hotel while the engineers came in and took a look at it so that was like what four in the morning, four thirty in the morning, and they evacuated the towers. When I get in there, it's about six in the morning, and they have everybody outside just sitting around. Get, they're trying to get hot cocoa and whatever else they can get uh, for the uh, hotel guests that are sitting around outside during this whole little thing, you know, ordeal going on. And I'm in the office, and we're listening to the uh, radio traffic going on. And about eight o'clock. The engineers give the thumbs up, and they start letting people go in to uh, back into the hotel. And about 8:04, we had another really good-sized earthquake up in the uh, Big Bear area. It was yes, the, yes, called, that was considered an aftershock, I guess. Well, it was later considered that they were initially for a year. They said they weren't connected, and then they finally conceded that yeah the big bear quake was probably caused because the pressure was released off the san andreas there at landers but we had a really good sized jolt at i remember it was 803 in the in they had just started letting the people go back up in the tower and the first thing was the guy i'm working with we both look at that we both have the same exact thought we're looking at the shelf that's above us we both push our chair away from the shelf, and we just sit there. <laughs> and he looks, because, you know, okay, there's nothing wrong with an earthquake. You, unless you are in a third world country, you're completely, you know, in the, in the United States at least, in California, you're completely safe in an earthquake. If you're in a modern building built to modern standards, you're completely safe. The thing I like, I look forward to earthquakes. I have fun with earthquakes. Yeah, yeah. They're a good Ride. They're a good ride. They yeah. are fun to sit in. And and there's nothing you can do about it. So why panic? Yeah, there's nothing you can do you about it. You can't run the, away from it. <laughs> you the, know. The, believe me, the ground does not open up. The ground does not swallow you in. That only happens in the movies, and only happens in Florida during the drought when you have a sinkhole. <laughs> um. But no, the, the ground does not open up. It doesn't swallow. The only thing you ever have to worry about in an earthquake is something falling on you. In California, for the most part, that is extremely rare. Now, there are have been occasions, and there was that complete and total tragedy. You mentioned San Francisco and the uh, that quake they had back in, what was that, 89? Uh, 89, uh-huh. Yeah. Loma that With the Nimitz Freeway. Horrible, horrible tragedy on that one. But that is the rarity. That is extremely rare that something like that were to happen. So the only thing you have to look out for is that when you have an earthquake, just take a look around your surroundings and see what's going to fall on you. In this case, we have this shelf that's above us that have four very heavy television monitors up there. They all, they all, all four of them weigh about 
25, 30 pounds each, and they're sitting on the shelf. We look at it, and it's like, is that shelf designed to hold right now? <laughs> so yeah, we just knows? push ourselves away yeah, from the who shelf. Knows? Exactly. And he, and he just looks at me. Now, we've already gone through the lander's quake. We're now going through the second quake. He look, just looks over at me and goes, ah, this is going to be a bad day. <laughs> right in the middle of the quake. Goodness. And no more does he say that the uh, the supervisor that was in charge over at the Disneyland Hotel, we hear over the radio, the, the same type of sound in his voice, this, ah, well, evacuate the tower again. <laughs> it's like just this whole, total disgust in his voice. And we had to go through it for about another hour where they had all the guests outside the hotel. And engineers went through it again, and it's like another thumbs up. It was just the only thing that was wrong with it was just some stucco work that yeah, was fixed in a couple weeks later. It was just cosmetic, nothing wrong. But again, that's that's the way they're designed to do it. They're, the, the buildings are designed to sway. They're designed to move back and forth so that the building can take the, the uh, jolt. Uh, the things that the little cosmetic pieces, the little bits of stucco or you know whatever else is on there might fall off, but the building itself is still very strong and very much intact. So, anyways, well, so that, that was that was the big news for for the day. Was yeah, that was it was fun. It was interesting. It was it was intriguing. So let's see. I've gone through a couple earthquakes and I've gone through a tornado at Disneyland. So. We're waiting well, for the, the next, uh, next natural show. disaster. Yeah, you'll you'll have to wait until the, my memoirs come out and the, you know oh, then okay. you can find out all about the different stories of different things that go on. So I can't wait, Richard. I bet you can't. Bated breath. Okay. <laughs> all right. So uh, I think that's going to do it for earthquakes, don't you think? Yeah, we we had some other things to talk about tonight. And what, one thing we we should mention tonight is uh, the passing of a definitely a legend in disney um harriet burns who was uh one of the first imagineers one of the designers for walt and as marty scalar at walt disney imagineering described was probably one of walt's favorite designers uh harriet did the uh, major conceptual drawings of what the cast the sleeping beauty castle that we see today were based off a lot of her artwork she was the original Madame Leota really that's that's what I was reminded of today that she, that's that's Madame Leota you see there is Harriet Burns so uh, wow and she did a lot of the artwork for uh, a lot of the design work I should say uh, a lot of the design work for the Haunted Mansion and also worked with Mark Davis very closely with Mark Davis on uh, Pirates of the Caribbean. And I was just going through an article about her a little bit and some of the stories that Marty Scalar was talking about. When one says that she did some of the artwork and the designs on the attractions, she did everything. Uh, she would work a lathe and form certain pieces that were, she worked the heavy machinery that would form different pieces whether it was for audio animatronic or whether it was for a uh, a set piece in the structures she wasn't afraid of heavy construction at the same token she was very adept with uh, uh, pen pencil and art brush too so uh, she would true she rena was renaissance woman yeah, Renaissance woman. Uh, there was, there was a, her daughter was commenting that she went to work every day in a skirt and high heels, and she would be found in the machine shop working heavy equipment wearing the skirt and high heels. <laughs> wow. Different time. Yeah, very different Not... time, especially, you know, considering, you know, uh, 55, 54 and 55. And you have a woman that's working that closely with uh, not just design, but actual uh, construction techniques work. on how things are going in there. So definitely a Disney legend that's uh, passing there. A true loss. Yes. So what else do we have? I, uh, you know, I was well, looking at okay. some of the mice cast there, mail here. There's some mails, you know, there's people patting us on the back, and there's people... Uh, oh yeah, I always like listening to people pat us on the back. 
uh, um, I can't open my mail at the moment because uh, you still have problems. No, no, no. Uh, there's a software update that wants whatever files are open, probably by Skype here, to close before it'll finish. And oh, so, shame on them. so <laughs> it won't open until I shut everything down until it can finish its update. So How I can't. Rude. I can't open my mail at the time. But you know. I think next week, you know, uh, Greg's still not going to be around. <laughs> no, he's not going to be around. He's... We should just do a mailbag without him. <sighs> we could. There's a couple emails that that he wouldn't appreciate anyway, I think. That that he's just, yeah, never mind. That he, would, he wouldn't appreciate him. You know, I, I, I do want to read one because I was looking at this one. I kind of bumped it off, Greg, and I, was, and I don't know if I talked to you about it at all. It was just kind of one of those little interesting ones here okay. from uh, uh, Subject Matter Dudes, do you have any video of this? Okay. Um, what was the video? This, what? Th let me see. This is uh, Mark in Montana that was writing this one to us. Well, how long ago did you write this email? This, this was back in June. Okay. But we haven't dealt with too much mailbag for quite a little while here. Maybe we did deal with it. Maybe it was one that you dealt with when I wasn't around. But here, right. uh, we're talking about different artwork that's being used all around. Oh, yes. I have a video of something. No, all? no, but I remember the email. That uh, well, here, Go ahead, read it. Let me, let me read it here, and we'll see what happens on this one here. Um, can't remember when you guys talked about being at Disney World over the years, but were you there in 1989? And he passes on this article here of a $1 million reward offered for proof of Mickey Mouse drawing in a secure art vault. I like this. Oh, stupid computer. In a secure art vault, Steve Stein says he's preserving an important piece of American history. Then the quotation marks here. This drawing says Walt Disney to anyone who knows what they're looking at, said Stein. Stein says he bought what he believes is Walt Disney's prototype drawing of Mickey Mouse at a thrift store in New York City in 1984. I paid the man the $3 that he wanted for it, and I walked away with a treasure, said Stein. Experts in paper, ink, and handwriting have convinced Stein he has a Walt Disney drawing from the late 20s. This handwriting has been determined by Charles Hamilton, who was the foremost handwriting expert at the time to be handwriting of Walt Disney, said Stein. But Stein says the Walt Disney Company still refuses to authenticate this drawing, so he continues to look for additional proof. He's trying to find a film clip shown on the MGM theme park opening on the Minnie Mouse special in 1989. The film clip shows Walt Disney doing this piece of art. I will offer $1 million reward for that film clip if we, I like this, if we sell this piece of art for $10 million or more. Yeah. So he'll offer you 10% commission 10%, okay. A written response from a Disney attorney says Stein's contention that the drawing appeared on an easel next to Walt Disney in a Disney television show was, has previously been investigated and rejected. But Stein's not giving up and says he'll sue the Walt Disney Company if necessary. Yeah, good luck. Yeah, him that. and everybody else. If they can bring evidence to court that proved it's not, fine, let them do that. They can't because it is, said Stein. Stein says he'll continue to preserve his drawing of America's most famous mouse until he has proof beyond any doubt. Disney still refuses to examine the drawing in Stein's position. In a written response to Stein's attorney, Disney Executive Counsel... Maria Suozzi, don't know <laughs> okay, don't bother you. <laughs> concludes the drawing was more likely commissioned by a licensee for a merchandise item at a later date. And then Mark from Montana says, couldn't hurt to look and see if you have this recorded. Later, Mark from Montana. I'm, I know um, I do not. Pardon? I said, I know that I do not. Yeah, I, I can't think. I don't even remember when the special, you know, there's... Special, what year? That was 89? Yeah, because hey, MGM opened. That uh, was that earthquake back then. Uh -huh. <laughs> I was too busy dealing with San Francisco the, earthquakes. The studio's open in 89, right? Yeah. Um, first of all, you know, he's saying 
you have to, Disney has to prove that it's not. They're proving a negative. You can't prove a negative. I want Mr. Stein to prove the positive. Just prove your point that it is. Can you? Disney doesn't have to prove a thing. You know, that's Well, that's but if, you know, bizarre. if this clip truly exists and it's on there, then, you know, he's got a uh, and a he, better chance he, of proving the positive. Even if the clip does exist, uh, Walt probably did not draw that piece of art. Uh, this, you know, the statement here that the company says that, um, what's the quote here? The executive council says the drawing was more likely commissioned by a licensee is very true. There are, there are a number of licensees, not as many today as there had been, that were commissioned, you know, you, you had all your artists that drew you know, the different characters, Mickey included. And they were also licensed and allowed to use Walt's signature. They actually wrote his signature in the same hand that he would write his signature in. Really? Yeah, I even met a couple of those. Um, uh, a couple of people that had, uh, you know, com company permission to sign Walt's signature. They, you know, they were they were assigned by the company that they learned how to do the signature, and they were assigned by the company to do it on certain on certain projects. Not so much to be able to create artwork with Walt's signature on it, but there's so many other pieces and things that, you know, whether you're talking about uh, a Walt quote here or there, you know, on some placket somewhere. Walt didn't actually sign that plaque. That was signed by one of his artists or something like that. So that's most likely what it was, was a commissioned piece of artwork. And especially especially if it showed up on a television special, the original artwork, uh, especially the original artwork of Mickey Mouse, would not have been shown on a uh, Walt Disney television show. Because as Mickey evolved throughout the ages, they would show the most current drawing of Mickey Mouse. Sure, Mouse's. sure. Not the rough sketches. You know, the, the legend has it, and it's very true because I, I actually have seen some of the drawings that Walt drew the initial images of Mickey on a train coming back from New York. And then he went to his... Uh, one of his employees, one of his best friends, uh, Abba Iwerks, to do the initial cartoons, being plain crazy, and I can't remember what the second one. Of course, the third one was Steamboat Willie. So, um, so the actual artwork that Walt did on a train would not be, would have been more on a napkin or something like sure. that. It would have been Sketchbook on a piece of sketching paper. That would have come much later. And, yeah, I just don't buy this guy's claim. But I, I love his uh, little thing. He'll pay you a million dollars so long as he can make $10 million or more on it. Yeah, so, see, not likely going to happen. Yeah. Experts in paper, ink, and handwriting have convinced him that at Walt Disney drawing in the late 20s. Not likely. Not likely at all. Take it to the archives Dave. and let Mr. Dave Smith verify it for you. Well, that's what he wants. He wants Dave Smith to verify it, but um, I don't see any reason need to. It's the late 20s. Uh, stuff looks like, to be quite honest, for lack of a better word, the late 20s stuff looks like crap. <laughs> and Walt, you know, any, you know, he's talking about it was on a uh, MGM theme park with on a Minnie Mouse special that he saw Walt with this in the background. All that stuff would have been filmed in the 30s. Uh, Walt didn't have, you know, as much as Walt kept, you know, kept a history of what he did and what the company did, a lot of that really doesn't start until after Snow White was completed. Yeah, and they the start making their big money. Started making their big money. This company started taking off, and the company at that point was quite literally making history. Prior to that, Walt was making ends meet, and he was doing short subject cartoons. 
You know, you had Oswald the Lucky Rabbit. You had the Alice comedies prior to that. Now you have Mickey Mouse. This is this is the stuff that makes in meat. This was the stuff that was helping to pay for. And he, you know, we all read the stories. He had everything, you know, borrowed to the hilt to be able to yep. pay off Snow White. So there's not that much that would have been shot and filmed prior to Snow White. And that comes up into the 30s. So, yeah. So. Sorry, Mr. Stein. You've lost. <laughs> We've... We don't have to prove a damn thing, and we just pretty much shot whole, uh, holes through. Uh, or I should say, Disney doesn't have to prove a damn thing. We don't prove a damn thing, anyways. We, that's not our job. We do no, zero research. That's our motto. So, that's right. But we do like shooting holes in everybody else's. We can't, else's, we can't uh, directly recall it. You know who knows. Yeah, we do like shooting um, holes in there. All right. Anyway. Well, then, we've rattled, rambled on here for almost an hour. Um, which I think is pretty good considering the the long-winded individual amongst us is not here. And, the long no, just the arguing one that likes to argue every little thing. Oh, okay. You can get <laughs> long-winded at times, though. That's true. Um, he does take half the show. So, but it's very likely that our next time we crack the mics, he still not be with us, and um, we'll have some things to talk about. Yeah, I, I guess, you know, we we kind of uh, did all we can do on earthquakes. Shake, rattle, yeah. and roll. Yeah, yeah. Um, I, I, like I said, I, I, could, guess, I could tell I, some I, non-Disney earthquake stories, but no one wants to hear those. It's, you know, the people listening to this want to know what Disneyland does when an earthquake hits. It, it shakes. Yeah, yeah. I mean, Disneyland, the organization, um, what's their response to an earthquake? How's that? Is that more precise yeehaw! language for you? Just go for a good ride. <laughs> no, it, you know there that I I say that just because we when you have an organization that has over twenty thousand people, not everybody's a native Californian. Even the native Californians freak out sometimes during earthquakes. I was talking to a couple people. One of the things I I I noticed personally when I I was having lunch at the time of the earthquake, it was happening. What do I do? I looked around my surroundings. Hey, there's nothing to follow me. So I enjoyed it, and I had a good time riding through it. And one of the th I have always heard from people that were outside that during an earthquake, you can actually, when you're looking out on a flat, open piece of ground, you can actually see the ripples, the waves in the ground. And I've always wanted to see that. So I got up from my chair. I walked across to take a look out the window. I'm not standing next to the window, so I don't have to worry about it shattering on me. But I'm standing where I can look outside to see the waves. Damn it, it was over. I, I didn't see the waves. I didn't see a thing. But what I'm noticing is I'm watching all these other people come running out of the buildings. <laughs> or I should say running. They're walking in an order, quick and orderly fashion out of the buildings like it's a fire drill. And I'm thinking, you idiots. Stay indoors. If you're indoors, stay indoors. If you're outdoors, stay outdoors. What you're doing is you're walking outside. and you Well, know, stuff you is falling on you. Oh. Stuff is falling on you like windows. Windows crack, and when they crack, they fall on you. And I'm going, oh, my word. Well, I, you know. I talked, to one of the, I talked to one of the girls that went outside. and Okay, she's, she's this cute young thing that came here from Kansas. She's only lived in California the you know the last 10 months since she started college out here and she's working here in uh, City Hall and she saw everybody else go outside so she thought she should go outside it's like oh no 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 go you know you're indoors stay indoors just make sure nothing falls on you you go outdoors you're taking the chance that all that facade work that's in front windows included might break off and fall on you just stay put oh well anyways so, so there you go. There you go. Richard's advice, if you've never been in an earthquake, stay inside. If you're inside. Underneath your desk. Yeah, if you're inside, don't do a Kent Shocknick. For those <laughs> of you, you can, you, you can go to YouTube, type in the words, Kent Shocknick, K-N-B-C. That was funny. What do you do? Uh, oh, you don't remember that? Uh, when we had the Whittier Narrow, I, 
was it the Whittier Narrows or was it, I can't remember if it was Whittier Narrows or Northridge, but we had a number of, I think it was Northridge, we had a number of really good aftershocks after that words, and he's doing the news broadcast and right in the middle of the news broadcast give, giving people updated, he's, he's the earthquake, another aftershock hits, and it was a good sized one, and he's looking, he goes, well, I am, I'm looking up, the, the lights above me are shaking pretty good. And they weigh an awful lot, and he, right in the middle of the news, crawls under his desk. <laughs> well, you, you can't fault the guy, because that's exactly what you do, is you get underneath so in case something heavy does fall, you got the desk taken. Hopefully your desk will be able to handle it. Yeah. But the thing is, he did right in the middle, and it became an ongoing joke for months. After They even used it, uh, uh, they did a satire on it for their news advertisement for a couple months. So you can look it up on YouTube. I think it's still up there. So okay, I'll do but that. Anyway. Yeah, All right. just what can I say? You could say we're done. No, I don't want to say we're done. It's not long <laughs> oh, enough. Gosh, no, I, is, no, we got some, no, 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 we no stretching. People, we still have people that are out there doing their exercise you know, routine to our show. We need to give no them stretching it for stretching it's sake. Time here. So that they get a good two-hour routine in. We're already getting negative stuff for the last one that went long. So, what negative stuff? We didn't get any. Ah, uh, yes, stuff. we did. You check, check. The, well, if your, I have my email con- open, I'd read it to you. Your your converse, your your additions to the email don't count. So they're not my additions. Trust me. Your we, family. We, we need to, we need to <laughs> we need to learn to, to to we need to teach ourselves it's okay to stop. No, it's not. It's okay to stop. Well, no, I, I, I'll take that back. It's okay if we have stated our purpose and we've done with the show. The problem is, is that a certain individual, one third of the show, can't stop running off at the mouth. So, all right, but we need so the show. Let's let's show that we're better than that individual. And just cut it off here. <laughs> okay, I guess we'll say good night then. All right, good. Good night. Thank you for listening to this episode of MiceCast, your source for Disney discussion with an attitude. Even though the guys would never dream of doing any real research for the topics they discuss on the show, they do their homework when it comes to their advertisers. If you're planning a vacation to Walt Disney World, your one-stop planning headquarters is Orlando Vacation. Let the staff at Orlando Vacation, people who actually know what they're talking about, make your next Walt Disney World trip an easy one. To contact Orlando Vacation, click their link at micecast.com. You've heard the guys refer to Brian McDaniel's book as a source of information for their show. You can get a copy of this book for yourself. It's called Walt Disney World, The Full Report, Third Edition. It's an irreverent, funny guide to the Walt Disney World parks, filled with off-the-wall insights you'll be repeating to your friends and family, just like Greg does. Get your copy today by clicking the link at micecast.com. Thanks again for listening, and join us again next time.
Peeping at a seafood store I can look at you, tell you don't love 